You're listening to The Inner Athlete, a podcast that inspires athletes on their journey. My name is Anna Rantella and I'm a beach volleyball player from Finland. I love to connect and learn from others, so here I am, sitting down with different athletes and coaches to talk about life and how has sports shaped our ways of thinking. Join us to have some meaningful moments and let's dive deep into the layers of the mind. This is The Inner Athlete. Hey guys, quick disclaimer, I am not a mental health professional, I am here to have meaningful conversations and hopefully inspire along the way. Hello beautiful people and welcome to listen to the second episode of this podcast. Hey, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for your kind words and feedback that I received after releasing my first episode a week ago. I am so grateful and honestly just feeling empowered and excited. I am looking forward to build something cool together and yeah it's like a it's like a new era in a way but hey today i have my first guest here with me and wow i mean he's an amazing human he has a lot of experience in coaching in mindfulness and honestly an amazing story to tell his name is steve wenzel and Steve was actually my coach when I was playing at Georgia State so that's how we know each other and now he is a mindfulness and a life coach who I actually work with weekly. We had so much fun recording this episode we talked about important topics such as coaching, mindfulness, a little bit deeper stuff like what is happiness and how to find your true self but let's go into the episode and I am so happy that you're listening. Thanks again for coming. And I am so excited. I'm also nervous, but this is this is what we what we do. This is what we're meant to do. So let's go. Before we start with a little bit of an icebreaker, I just want to ask a really basic question, but an important question that we should ask um, each other a lot. So how how are you? How how's things? You know, I'm I'm much better. Yeah, we just obviously just started recording this, but we had kind of our our buffer before, and you know, and I, as I admitted to you, like I was a little bit questioning some stuff and everything like that. And what we did for the past couple of minutes, yeah, literally just vibing out and just doing what we do, is brought like so much joy to me and kind of given me a bit of a reset and also reminded me some of the things that I was questioning. So. Right now, I am really damn good. How about you? I am good. I am full of energy, excitement. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I see it. Look at look at that smile. I know this Come is on. like it's so funny. <laughs> I feel like I cannot even speak because I'm smiling so much. <laughs> am I okay? I mean, but, a good thing you've got a great smile, so we're good. All right, so let's start. Uh, let's do a little icebreaker before we get to the deep all questions, right. but oh, a quick no. quick ones. Coffee or tea? Coffee right now. A book or a movie? Oh, books. Winter or summer? Summer. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Okay, I would take sunset every day, but I, I get that. That's a, that's a tough one. I don't get to enjoy the sunset as much as the kids. 
the sun comes up if I'm seeing it poke through and it's waking me up, you know, like that's it's coma, it's that natural alarm clock, you know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I wish, I wish. And then a totally different question from those: football or basketball? So you're talking American football? Or are you talking? Yeah, yeah. Okay. we're going American um, now. We're, okay, yeah. hey, I, I just need to be clear because I mean <laughs> you are international, my friend. That is true, but football, football. I lived in the states, so football is Ooh, American football. I'm, I'm gonna go football. I will. Okay. Okay. I had no idea which one you would be. I, I kind of had an idea from the other ones, but that one, I, I was like, I have no idea. Yeah, football. I mean, I grew up playing it. So, yeah, I mean, it it's part of like American culture and everything. Not that I watch either because, I mean, again, kids and life and trying to fit everything in, but yeah, yeah. football. Cool, yeah. All right. I think it's always nice to hear from the person itself when they tell a little bit a little bit about yourself. So, who is Steve? Oh gosh. I know that's a terrible question. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, that's a complex question. It's not a terrible question. It's one of those that I think it's like it's dope if you really sit and think about. It. So, I'll first I'll first start off like I'm a husband and I'm a father. Like that's, those are the first two things that are super important to me. Like I've been married to my wife, Corey, for 14 years now. We've been together 18. I mean, like it's crazy. So you can do math and figure out how old I am, but we've got two great kids, Harper and Jace. Harper's going to turn five in October. Jace will be two and a half in October. Right. So like, like that's the core of who I am, right? Like everything that I do usually comes back around to them and it should. Um, and then after that, right. Like, sometimes I feel like a superhero, right? Like, and you and I joke about it, right? Like I, I joke that my superpower is connection. So like there are moments to where I'm a superhero, um, you know, deep down I'm a, I'm a coach, I'm a, I'm a connector, I'm a listener. Um, you know, ultimately like I really, I just, I love to be able to support people on their journeys. And I think that's the cool thing about like that, the journey we're on, right? Like, at the root of it, who I am is Steve, but yeah. all the other things that I do, all the other things that Anna does really make up who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice answer. I, I had the same in my, my first, the first episode, I was asking myself, who is Anna? I was like, that is a, that is a hard question, but so hard. Yeah. It, the, the interesting thing is right. Like you, I can't wait to, I can't wait for the progression of your podcast because to hear other answers, because for me, and again, this is just how I view the world. And again, you and I have been connected for a long time and my view evolves and your view evolves, but like who we are at the core is our individual self. What we do is just one of those little pieces, right? So I think like that's one of those aha moments. It would be very easy for me to say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a life coach and I'm a coach and I love mindfulness and I love intentionality and I love the ultimate like Steve and these are the pieces that make up make me up yeah exactly hey but let's go back to the coaching aspect so you you said you grew up playing football and football was an important sport for you um, but you've been a volleyball coach quite a while you've been uh, coaching division one volleyball in different different schools and always been involved 
in sports. So talk to me a little bit about the coaching progress. Like, how did you get involved with coaching? How did you realize, like, hey, this is what I want to do? Yeah, how did yeah. you become a coach? I mean, it's it's crazy, right? So you touched on like so growing up, I played football, I played baseball, a um, little bit of basketball, I played soccer, right? Never really any like good at it. Like I was good and athletic, but like I was a skinny kid and I was young for um for my grade. So like when I graduated high school, I was 17 years old. Yeah. So we're getting a little undersized. I, I just love sport, but uh, you know, the progression and kind of getting into volleyball and into coaching that time that happened. Um, it was a little like 2002, right? So summer 2001, I lost my mom. My mom passed away and uh, she was 41 at the time I was 21. And, you know, I'd been in college for a while and I was just kind of floating doing, you know, doing a little bit here and there. And I came back and I ended up having to drop out of college. I don't know if you even knew that, but like I dropped out of college because uh, my dad couldn't afford to pay for uh, my other brother. I've got two younger brothers, but my middle brother who had just started college, couldn't afford to pay for both of us to go to school. So I literally started working like uh, like odds and ends jobs. And I was working full time, but like I, my good friends ran a DJ company. I ended up helping manage that. Like I did all these different things. I waited tables. So my one buddy, Scott, he, he knew that I liked the sport of volleyball. I picked it up and started playing like in the quad at our, at our dorm, right? We had a beach volleyball court and I just, I was athletic. I could jump, but like didn't have the fundamentals. So he's like, look, Hey, I'm getting ready to coach this team at this club. We were in Toledo, Ohio. Yeah. He was coaching over at TBC. He's like, Hey, I need an assistant. He goes, he like, would, would you want to come? You want me to teach you the game, like the sport itself. And then the coaching aspect, right? And again, here I am, I need money. I need to figure this out. I'm like, yeah, sure. Great. Like, so that was literally how I got introduced into coaching. And I like, and I joke about it, but I'll, I'll share this like with Scott and I text him probably a couple months ago, but like, I don't think that he really understood the impact that he had on, on me by doing that. Right. Like, because at that point in time, here's a 20 year old, 21 year old kid who has no guidance, no anything, just lost his, like, there, you want to talk about like a shitstorm of life. Like here I am not knowing what the hell's going on. And at that moment, in that point in time, right. He asked me to do something that eventually gave me purpose and it gave, you know, it, it sparked joy in me and it created all of this. Uh, yeah. This it, it took me down the path that, I, that I, I'm on now. Right. But like, that was that moment. That's how I got into it. And my first team I ever coached by myself was a team of 12 year olds. Like, I mean, he, here's a 12 guy, like yeah. kids, a sport that in turn, I'm still learning. And, but again, it ties back to kind of like we joked about, right? The connection and caring about people and doing all that stuff. Like these kids didn't care that I didn't know the sport and that I didn't play at Penn State or anything like that. They knew yeah. that I cared and we were in it together. So like, that was kind of my intro into it. And during that whole time, I don't know how much you know about like club sports within uh, you know, the U S or, you know, club teams or anything like that, but like coaches don't get paid shit. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, you're not making any money. So like yeah. I was working, you know, trying to work full-time jobs. So we moved around Corey and I, like we were in Toledo, then we moved to Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I stopped coaching. Then we moved back to Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, and I was working for a recruiting company there. And we got, I uh, started coaching at TV, uh, CBC Cleveland volleyball company over in Ohio, over in Cleveland. And then I lost my job. Like it was when the economy took a real like downturn 
Um, and I had no idea what the hell I was going to do. So this was like 2008, 2009. And my wife, I absolutely love her. She's because I'm ready to find another job. I'm like, okay, I got to get back. I got to get another recruiting job or a sales job. Keep in mind, I don't have a degree. Um, so she's like, we've talked about wanting to like coach and do it for, for like a living. She goes, mm-hmm. why don't you chase that dream? And like, here's this moment, right? Like we just bought, bought and built a house. We're married two years, I think at the time, a year, two years. And I lose my job. One of our primary, the, you know, primary sources of income. And she's like, yeah, why don't like, why don't you chase this? I'm like, what? like, so literally from that moment, I, Went back to school. So I uh, enrolled in online classes at the University of Toledo. So where I had started, I took three straight semesters, program around and kind of tell how it tied to coaching. So kind of went that route, route got my degree. And uh, I thought, I'm like, yes, here I go, college coaching. And um, it wasn't quite that easy. So I like I applied for hundreds of jobs. And I didn't know, I mean, here's a guy that never competed at a high level, that coached some club and made some connections. But didn't do much. So volunteered at a D3 school in Ohio, Baldwin Wallace College under Vicki Brault. She was a you know, legend up, up there at that time. And then uh, got the first, the inaugural uh, scholarship for the ABCA for their Coaches for Coaches scholarship. So it was for people that were in school wanting to be coaches. So got that. And I'm like, I'm going to get a job. And here I am. I got nothing. So it was like, it was one of those moments. That it was just like, oh my God, what the hell am I doing? So what I ended up having to do after talking to some people um, was I volunteered at Marquette University. So it's up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, Bon Shemansky was the head coach there. He and I connected and I'm like, like, hey, here's one of the guys at the top that I know. So I emailed him um, and I'm like, hey, what do you suggest? He goes, well, you can come up and you can be our volunteer assistant. Like, that means no money, right? Like, (laughs) again, here I am wired to provide and do all this stuff and so it was a tough thing. So what I ended up doing is I moved to a town north of Chicago with uh, Corey's parents, uh, Libertyville, Vernon Hills area in north of Chicago. And I drove there from there every day to Milwaukee and volunteered, made no money to get the experience of being at the highest level possible. And that was my first experience into college coaching at a high level, right? And I like, people embraced me and like took me under their wing. And I'm like, oh my God, like, this is it. This is what, like, but I still had so much to learn. Like it yeah. was, I was so green and it's crazy. So like, that's, that's literally like how I got my foot in the door into college coaching, like the journey that I've been on, right? Like it's the steps that I've taken to get to this point. It, 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 like when I sit and reflect on it, I understand that I'm a little long-winded with it. And it it's crazy to sit and think about, right? Because again, where we've been, brings us to the moment to where we're at right now and yeah. it's like it's crazy to think about and reflect on that I don't think we do enough of that so you and I we know each other from back from 2015 when I came to play to Georgia State and you were there coaching our paths crossed and yeah it's just wow life <laughs> life just life, life is crazy life is yeah. fun uh, yeah. yeah so you've been in competitive sports environments what about 15 years 20 years if you think about it and like 20 years is quite a long time and big part of your life um how would you say that has affected who you are today 
That's affected me a lot, right? Like, because in, it's interesting that you, one of the, your icebreaker questions was around like football or basketball, right? And again, those are the ones, those are the sports, particularly in the States that, you know, people gravitate towards. You, know, you can throw baseball in there too, but like, and it's, oh, we celebrate the championships and we do this and, you know, we've got, you know, I mean, grew up watching Ohio State football and all, like, that's, that's what you do. And it shifted whenever I actually got into coaching, right? Because I always say I had a dream. I'm like, I want to win a national championship. I think every coach wants to do that, right? Towards the end of my coaching career, that was, that was never, I mean, it was a goal in the back of the head. The thing is winning doesn't define who, the, who we are. And I, so like, as I sit and talk about how it's like competitive sports have evolved and changed for me, like at first it was all about winning. We got to do this. And I want to go to the NCAA tournament. Yes, those, those were still goals. But like, for me, was so much bigger than that right like I wanted to as an assistant I wanted the head coach that I worked under and worked with to get coach of the year like that would be the biggest honor because that means that like what I was doing I was you know I had a servant leader mentality I want yeah, yeah, we, we built something we did something and, and as a program you know it was celebrated you know for me it was the little breakthroughs um it's the it was the moments that you know and I'll talk about Gabby Seraphim got like Gabby is, I, I trained when we were at Georgia State, I trained, you know, primary pastors, defensive specialists and Libros, right? And Gabby's probably the, the athlete that I'm connected to most out of all of it, like from my coaching career. And, you know, seeing moments of breakthrough, being there to support her, like those are the things that made, those were my why, right? Like being able to be there for you whenever you came on over and again, not knowing anything about Finland, but trying to sit and learn and understand about another person. Like, I guess I was kind of non-traditional in the sense that like, it was all, for me, it was always about the person. It was always about the athlete. It wasn't the wins and losses. The losses stung, the wins were good, but that's not what drove me, right? It's not, and I don't know. I know that I was, I view and viewed coaching a little bit different and I'm okay with that. That's what kind of made me me. Yeah, that's that's actually really interesting that you brought that up because uh, the other day my friend sent me a really good like um, picture of a piece of, of a book. It's by uh, Anthony DeMello, uh, Indian priest, a spiritual uh, teacher and healer. And he said that when you don't get too attached to things, you can use your fullest potential. And in sports, like you start thinking about the winning and you lose your whole potential because you, yeah, you, you lose sight because you just have eyes on the winning or eyes on the medals, the gold. You get a little bit nervous when you think about bronze and then you get more nervous when you think about silver. And then you're really nervous when you think about gold. And thing is that you, you like, you don't win more when you think about winning in a way. It's a interesting thoughts yeah. like like well, complex as well because like of course we want to win like that's what we're aiming for we want to go to the olympics we want to win and succeed but then if you think about that too much you forget the joy you forget the your power like your power is then limited and that's mm -hmm. kind of the that's the that's the thing yeah well and it goes back to even the question you asked me hey who is steve right like and if i were to turn around and ask you you know who was on it, you're not going to sit and you're not going to tell me, oh, well, I won this tournament or we did this, I did this and did it, did it, or like, no, like it's, it's the moments and it's the things that we do 
that define us. And again, like I'm, I'm very fortunate, right? Like I coach and I, you know, I work with people on the side and then I also still continue to work a full-time job. Right. So like I work for Adidas and I, I manage athlete partnerships and a lot of the athletes that I sit and work with compete at a very high level. And even if you do, we just sit and take a step back and like reference like Tokyo Olympics, right? Like Alex Clement and Abel Ross were on the podium. They received gold. Like how many other people didn't receive gold? And the, the challenge that you come across, right, is for an athlete, if they use that as a defining moment, like you take the other beach duo, you know, Kelly Clay, Sarah Sponsel, right? Like they didn't medal. And if that's, if that's their, how they define themselves, right? Like, well, we didn't medal, you know, that, that's a different lens at which an athlete looks it through. And that skews how you continue to move through your day and your life, right? Whereas like, if they approach it, and again, I don't know how they're approaching. I'm just using them as this reference, but like, it, hell, we're, we're Olympians. Like, oh my God, yes. You don't sit and tell, you don't, when you're introduced to people, and I may be wrong, but like, I'm sure you don't be like, yeah, I played volleyball at Georgia State. Our record was this and did it. No, like, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, so like, yeah. it's very easy for athletes to, hang everything on wins and losses. And that's like kind of their definition of success or anything like that. But like, as you and I uncover and, you know, our journeys and the steps that we take, right? Like, and life is more, there's so much more to it. And then when we can remove and detach from some of those things that are limiting beliefs and the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, not, not necessarily a norm, but that's pretty common to like, let's set goals. Like what are the tournaments that we want to get to? Like, what are the medals we want to win? And coaches do the same as well. And so that's why it's like, it's really interesting to see that, like what is okay. And like, where is the line that where, where do you have to put the line that, okay, I can still reach for these goals and go for this, but that's not defining me or that's not, that's, I don't want that to take away from my my skills or my power or my like ability to play or perform. Correct. And that's yeah. like, that's the, that's the interesting thing, right? Because I don't like, I don't want to take away from the fact that like is goal setting and manifestation and trying to understand what you're trying to accomplish important. Hell yes, it is. Right. Because again, if we don't, if we don't know what we're working towards, right. We don't know the steps that we need to take to get to that. And the, the end result should not define us. Right. Like mm-hmm. we right and I'm sure you've done it and I've done it we I'm going to do this by this date and there are moments that we don't accomplish it or you know at that point in time right where we're at when we don't accomplish it it's not the end of our life right like it's it may be disappointing it may be this or that and god willing we have the opportunity to continue to move forward set a new goal try to manifest something else and work towards another thing that is propelling our lives forward as opposed to you know, something that did or didn't happen defining us. Yeah, exactly. So you stopped coaching volleyball about, what is it now? Like four, five years ago? Four, four? Yeah, this, yeah, it'll be four, it'll be five years uh, beginning of 2022. Yeah. I guess 15, 15 years coaching, you were right. Yeah, you were never, yeah. So. But anyway, you took like a, you're still involved with coaching. Uh, now you're doing life coaching and mindfulness consultant. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the, like the shift, what you made. So what made you realize, like, you don't want to be necessarily a, like a volleyball coach anymore. You wanted to be something different, um, mindset, mindfulness coach. Where, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, and again, it, 
I don't know if I necessarily knew that that's the path that I wanted to go down, right? Again, you, you and I, we like to joke about, you know, our connect, our superpower being connection. And I, I love really being in it with somebody and being connected and present and all that. But like, when I left coaching, it wasn't necessarily because I disliked coaching or anything like that. Like, I mean, oh shoot, like I know what the, like, I know what coaching is like. I know what needs to happen. And so like at that point in time, it was a little bit of a paradigm shift in trying to understand like, what do I want for my life, right? What do I want to to be my definition of who is Steve? And, you know, if I'm leading with being a husband and being a father first, like, great. So I needed to make strategic changes. So that's when I took the job over to Adidas and, you know, over here and I love every minute of it, but mindfulness and like meditation and present being present in journal, like that's always something that has been like part of me and something that was very grounding for me. And it, it allowed me to see things different and have a little bit more purpose and definition of who I wanted to be. So when I got to um, Adidas, you know, I'm still doing my meditations and all that stuff, but like I missed aspects of coaching, right? Like I miss this, you know, even though we're connected, because I missed the connection. I missed being able to support somebody or something on what they were trying to accomplish. So kind of a natural segue into, you know, individual coaching and done through the lens of mindfulness and intentionality and all that. Um, but like what really kind of got me going is with my role with Adi, like I was out at events still. So I'm out at club tournaments and doing all these things. And we've got these VIP players on just, and we've got our Adidas teams that are coming on in. I build relationships with these athletes and these teams. And there's one, like, I, there's a, there's a moment that stands out to me. And it was my first nationals. We were in Minnesota and it was Houston skyline and Brooke and her team. Brooke was the, I believe our Brooke Frazier. Um, they came into our VIP players lounge and they were, they were having a, a rough tournament. And like, it was just like, you could tell. And they like, they were in shit moods and like, it was just, they came off a bad loss. And, but like the players lounge was a safe space. Cause we didn't allow coaches. We didn't allow parents or anything in there. So like, I literally, like they come on in they're just I'm like, talk to me, what's going on. They're like, ah, da, 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 da. I'm like, okay, hold on. Okay. So you guys know that I used to coach, right? They're like, yeah. I go, okay. So let's talk about this. Right. So I'm sitting, we're sitting on the floor in the players lounge and just talking through, just talking shop, right? Like mindset and talking like, Okay, what happened? What's going on? What were you thinking? What about this? Da, 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 da. And I was leaving the next day and they joked about it. They're like, oh my gosh, we wish you could give give me your pe- give us a pep talk and da, da, da. And so I found one of the girl one of the girls on Instagram. And I literally, as I was boarding a plane, I recorded like a little video for him. And I was actually, I think I was sitting on the plane and I sent it to him. And like that's the moment that made me realize that I missed being able to do that and impact a life in sport, but through a different way. Right. And yep. to be able to get somebody to think different or get somebody to focus on a mindset or a mentality, or not even worry about shanking the past or that kind of stuff. And again, obviously I come from the sport of volleyball, but like, like that's what bubbles up for me. That's that. Okay. So how do I bring that to life? And it's been a slow process for me. I mean, again, I, I work with, you know, a handful of people across the country and across, across the globe. And, you know, I'm very fortunate to kind of go down these paths and have some real conversation and allow not, it's not only athletes too, right. It's, it's individuals, it's former athletes, it's current athletes, it's all over the place, but like get people to think a little bit differently about how they're living their lives, adding moments of mindfulness, moments of intentionality. What are they trying to accomplish and bring that to life? Because again, like goes back to my why, why I coached, right? It's, it's the light bulb moments. It's that connection. It's 
being able to support somebody on a journey and achieve something really, really dope. Yeah, it's quite cool what you said. It doesn't matter like who you are, um, if you can just bring something to their life that can calm, calm down and just like take a minute, take a deep breath, just like be more mindful. And uh, that's quite that's quite a big aha moment because in today's world that we live in, we all need that. No doubt about it. I mean, again, being able to pause and reflect and even like you, you to use your words, like stop and take a breath, right? Like, you know, I read a lot and I'm trying to continue to figure out how to support people on different journeys, but like even it, it's exploration on my own, right? Like yeah, breathing is something that I've found that is a grounding force for me. There were moments when things bubble up or like when I was in a match or, you know, something happened and you could feel the anger, like the, the frustration or tension or anything like I took three big belly breaths and like, that was like kind of my trigger. And I knew that like, okay, if I get to this point, three big belly breaths in through the nose, out through the nose, like, great. That was something that was grounding for me. And again, it continues to evolve and it's different for each person. Right. But there's always something that we can do to kind of hit that little reset. Yeah. 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 I think you have a really unique journey in a way, because it sounds like, and obviously I know you, um, but from what it sounds like now, you've you've always been a mindful person, maybe, but but without you even knowing it, um, you went through a big trauma when you were younger, and you grew a lot without you maybe even realizing that you were mindful all the time. And now you're in that point that, like, you practice mindfulness every day, and that's kind of like a kind of like a mantra to you. Um, so talk a little bit about like. How would you compare you before you started your like aware mindfulness journey and now mindfulness? Like what is mindfulness to you? I mean, there was like many questions, but yeah, take yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, like calm down. Okay. But I like, <laughs> so many questions about hey, mindfulness. So back, back to that, back to that breath that we were talking about. Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, okay. I'm gonna take a so, deep breath now. Yeah, yeah. You take a deep breath and I'll talk. Um, so Let's take a step back. So yeah, I've been through a lot of shit. And what's interesting is, right, like reflecting back on it, right, and the path that I've been on, the steps that I've taken to get to this moment where I'm at. I don't know if I was necessarily aware um, when I was going through it, right? Like again, trauma, like losing my mom, like that, like totally like wrecked my world. And in the next breath, I also... I mean, I was the one that like I took care of funeral arrangements. I like all the stuff. I mean, again, because think about it, like I'm 21. She was 41 at the time. You know, my dad was 42. My grandparents still, I mean, everybody's like, like it was sudden. It, it came out of nowhere, but like somebody had to keep things together. So that's what I did, right? Like that's that's one of those things. So like, as I was doing it, I don't know if I was necessarily paying attention or more going through the, well, I know I was just going through the motions. I was doing what I felt as though I needed to do. Being mindful of that now, right? Like about a year ago, like I started therapy and I get working on uncovering some of those things and understanding again, what I've been through has led me to where I'm at right now. And it's shaped me and kind of my mindset and my view, but like, there's all this stuff that we go through that we don't know, um, that, you know, when we go through it, how it affects us. So like being able to take time to reflect, right? Like I, as I'm sitting here, like I've got my, my notebook open in case something bubble up, but like, it's also what I use for journaling, right? Being able to get my thoughts out and really kind of pay attention to what I'm actually feeling as opposed to what I think I'm supposed to be feeling is yeah. like huge, right? And again, you can even kick it around back to like athletes, right? Like athletes are told they have to be tough. You've got to do this. You've got to push through. You've got like some cases, yes. And in other cases, I call bullshit, right? Like 
like athletes are fortunately, unfortunately, they're told not to feel and not to do. You've got to push through. And oh, you're injured. You've got to push through. And no, you can't be upset. You've got to, you step on the court and you've got to go ahead and you've got to put all your best in here. Well, like I'm being honest, like I think that I think that's kind of horseshit. The fact that you as a student athlete or an athlete anywhere that you're supposed to not feel and you had a shit day and your boyfriend broke up with you. Well, guess what? You're allowed to have a shit day. You're allowed to feel. And I think that's part of like, if I, if any of my takeaways, right. From mindfulness meditation and all the stuff, right. Is really, truly paying attention. Like that's what mindfulness is. The definition of mindfulness is paying attention to one thing in particular, you know, and having extreme focus on it. Right. Like, so being mindful of how I feel or what something somebody says to me and how it triggers, right? Like that is huge because that allows, like, that's a, that's a insight to, to me. And it's an insight to, okay, Hey, wait, that landed wrong. Okay. And do I have the ability to say like, it's literally being present and understanding how things affect you. And I think that's one of the problems, right? And again, it, your podcast is the inner athlete, but we're doing the overall athlete a disservice when we tell them that they're, they're not allowed to feel, they're not allowed to, you know, be depressed. They're not like, like in my opinion, all that's wrong, right? Like it's, and again, I'm not saying that coaches are doing anything wrong. Like, I think it's just the overall viewpoint of how, like, you got to push No, like, look, we're all human. And if, if we've uncovered anything over the past 18, 19 months, right, that everybody deals with everything different. And it's not my place as a coach or a person to judge you or tell you how you're supposed to go ahead and live your life. It's up to you to determine how you want to live it and how you live. So like, yeah, and I apologize. I went off on a tangent because, but like it, it opened up a little bit of like a thing because again, like whether it be society, whether it be athletes, like, I mean, everybody's viewed that they're supposed to act a certain way, but like ultimately the only person that gets to determine that is you. Yeah, for, for sure. I can, I can relate to a lot of those during the couple past years. I've maybe even like this past year has been more like where I've started to be more aware of my feelings and how I feel and it's okay to feel and not even admitting for the past nine months that I'm not okay because I have a injury that I'm trying to figure out and always trying to say that I'm okay, I'm okay. That That's like exactly it. And yeah, that's, I don't know. That's like, that's a big part of like, why am I doing even this podcast is like, talk about these things, like these real feelings, what we feel, because I mean, we need to talk about this. And I know there's a lot of athletes and non-athletes and everybody who go through a lot and they just want to feel things and say them out loud because I don't know, that helps, helps me. Talking helps me a lot. So yeah, it's, it's cool that you bring it up. I think we, this is a perfect way to go to like our next topic, um, finding our true self and being happy. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could talk about that for, for, for all day, but um, that's what people want. That's what we're seeking for. That's where all the books are written nowadays. That's what people buy and want to be happy and feel meaningful things and do meaningful things. And yeah, I, this is a really broad question and I'm just going to throw this to you. Um, so you're welcome. But um, <laughs> yeah, just like, how do you think you can be truly happy? I, you know, I mean, I don't, if, if true happiness, 
I, I, I prefer the word joy. Like I, I like joy. joy, like happiness is an emotion. And like, again, you can be happy, you can be sad. Like joy to me is more that internal, right? Like that internal satisfaction. And like, so if somebody's looking or if anybody's out there searching to be truly joyful, have internal joy, right? Like, I think the first step is doing a lot of the things that, that we've already kind of uncovered, right? It's like, truly paying attention to yourself and listening to what's going on, as opposed to just chasing this and chasing that and chasing the money and, and, and listening to this person and this person, like all of everything starts with self, right? And a reflection of what are the things that bring you joy? Like I, I led with kind of my definition of who I am, right? Like husband, father, superpower of connection. Like those are things that that bring me joy, right? Being able to play with my kids, being able to have quality time with my wife, you know, being able to connect with a client, a coach or an athlete, another coach, any, and having that aha moment, right? So I think the more that we're able to be present and pay attention to what is going on and be more in the moment, like those are the things that are gonna bring us joy, not necessarily, chasing or doing this or having the big house it it all literally starts right in here yeah I th it's interesting like exactly it's even in this moment I'm I notice myself shifting sometimes like okay what's the next question like where are we gonna go next like keep this together and then I notice that I'm not even maybe listening sometimes I'm like okay come on get it together and be in the moment and you're you got this and that's exactly what you're saying like the true I, I believe in that as well like the the joy the the happiness is a is a feeling that's like something that it's nice to chase but it's not necessarily so long term so we want to be joyful and I think also doing meaningful things will lead you to be happy mm -hmm. and we are like philosophers here oh my god <laughs> I know you need to write, the, write this shit down Wait, like, I know you know, it's you, happiness is a feeling, right? Like sadness is a feeling. Grief is a feeling, right? And the thing is, like we talked, we want we want to feel, we want to experience all of those things. Like you can't, you're not gonna go through life being happy every single moment, right? So, like that's that's the biggest thing. It's we talk about feeling the feels, right? You want to feel the feelings. You want to be present, understand what's going on. Feel, those are all feelings. Chase that joy, right? Like there's, there's a question that I love to ask the people that I work with or just anybody in general. And I got it from my neighbor. He was asked it in, 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 in English. <laughs> yeah, right? I was trying to speak Finnish there, you know? Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> but he was asked in an interview, what are you chasing? And like, that's a profound question, right? Like it's, it's one of those questions that like, no, not what's your five-year goal. What do you do? Like, and he, you know, he had the, he had this great answer and got this on my desktop and I'll read, like, I just typed it up real quick and I'll read literally what I say that I'm chasing and it, my definition will evolve, but like I'm chasing internal joy as opposed to circumstantial happiness, I'm chasing presence in an otherwise chaotic world. I'm chasing supporting others through my innate ability of connection. And finally, I'm chasing living my optimal life filled with all of the above and so much more. And so when you ask the question, right, like, 
what does happiness look like? What does joy look like? Like, like what are we, what are, what are the steps that I'm taking? What's the path that I'm trying to walk on? It's that. Yeah. Yeah. So you really have to be true to yourself first to be able to find happiness, joy. And like, how do you, how do you find yourself? I mean, that's another uh, topic, but like that comes with the present being present and, and all of that. But especially in this current world, it, it can be really hard. Like everything that's going on, like all the information that's available, like what to believe, what, what not to believe, like um, what are my values? And it, it can be really hard sometimes. So like what, yeah, we've talked about this and you've said already the, being mindful and actually like in the in the moment but yeah what would be your kind of takeaway and like finding your reality like finding your real self it's not something that happens overnight like and that's the thing right it's it is a process again you asked me six years ago who I was when I was at Georgia State and coaching you it's a very different person than I am right now yeah you asked me three years ago, right? In, I'm in my role with Adidas. Like, it's a very different, different place that I'm in right now than I was then. And I think that's the interesting thing, right? Like it, it's going to continue to evolve, but only if it's only if we're paying attention and trying to understand what's going on and like what path that we're on now. And I think I've, I've sent it to you in the past, but like, I mean, again, it's, you know, all these different roads and it looks like almost like, you know, tree roots, but like, I mean, we've, we walk this path, right. And the paths forward are completely and totally endless. So like literally steps that we've taken in the past have led us to this moment right now. And it's helped define kind of who we are, but again, we can't change any of that. We get the opportunity to kind of decide and be intentional and where we're going. It's going to change. And that's the cool thing about living life, right? Like you ask yourself, five years ago, you know, who you were versus where you're at now, or even as you said, nine months ago, right. And now you went a week ago, <laughs> like yesterday. It's a, right. It's yeah. a, it's a very different honest. So like, I think it's a loaded question. How does somebody like really tap into who they are? Right. You got to pay attention. You got to be like, you got to be truthful to yourself. You got to, you got to do the work. You talk about the, you mentioned the books and all this thing. Yeah. Immerse yourself in some of that stuff. I'm something to believe in. Yeah. See how that aligns with you, right? Like, is it is it mindfulness? Is it journaling? Is it this? Is it that? Like, find something that you can believe in and that, like, it lands with you, right? And that's what we talk about. It's what is that moment that charges you up, that gets the, the smile on your face and you're like, oh, my, this is, this is talking to me, right? And explore that. And then can you build something off of that? Sure. And then are there other things that are related to that? Yeah. So like, I, it's an evolutionary process. We as people are continuing to evolve. You as an athlete are continuing to evolve both as a person and as an athlete. And I mean, your inner athlete, I mean, it's very different than it was, like you said, even a week ago. Yeah. And change is in inevitable. It's the only thing we, we know for guaranteed that uh, it's a good thing. I think um, somehow society and some, yeah, just like expectations are sometimes that change is bad and mm -hmm. change is amazing. Uh, it can be, it's hard also, and yeah. it's tough and it can be brutal and cold and terrible, but somehow it is supposed to go 
exactly how it's going. So, yeah. Change, change is the only constant. You hit that. You said that. I mean, and it's like you said, not all change is good. Not, not, yeah, not all change is good. And not all change is, is going to incite happiness or joy or anything like change sometimes sucks. Like, I mean, I reflect on losing my mom, right? Like that's, you want to talk about a pivotal moment in the life completely until it's just life-changing. And I wouldn't be where I'm at right now, 21 years later, if that didn't happen. So like that's, it's sometimes really hard when you're going through it. But then when we take the time to pay attention and reflect back, like we need to pay, like, I don't want to say pay tribute or little, like little homage to it, but like, it's what's made me who I am. What you've been through, you taking the chance to go to Atlanta, Georgia to play college ball, like it's taking you to this moment. It's taking us to this moment right here, because think about that. Had you not done that, this wouldn't be happening. Yeah. That's everything's all interconnected and like, yeah, I don't have anything much more profound to say other than that. I think that was, that was quite perfect. I was... That was a perfect way to wrap it all up. We talked about coaching and mindfulness and happiness and true self. I mean, some some deep stuff. And and you shared your raw, real, honest journey. And I am so grateful for, for you that you did. I think it's really inspiring. And Yeah, I'm I'm so grateful you were here with me today and we get to do this every other week and uh, we almost talk daily just to check up how you're doing. Did you meditate today? How's your podcast? All of this good stuff. And yeah, I just want to say thanks. Thanks, Steve. You're very welcome. I'm grateful for the opportunity and I'm really like, it's i'm grateful for that our that our paths have crossed and that uh that we're here in this moment together amazing um how can our listeners find you where 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 well i know i'm trying to speak finish okay and it's my point so i'm going to put that in so um how can they find you how can they reach out to you so i just uh, launched my website stevevensel.com that's v-e-n-c-l.com and then uh same name for instagram so on there i throw little tips and tricks uh you know it's an insight to my soul like my family what i eat and all of that stuff because like like i said i mean that's kind of neat so um yeah steve Vensel on instagram uh and then stevevensel.com and uh, if anybody's looking to connect i'm happy to do that but uh, 